Welcome to the Behavior Speak podcast. Now, here's your host, Ben Ryman. Welcome to another episode of the Behavior Speak podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ben Ryman. Uh, on the podcast today, we have a, a special episode we're doing today. Uh, uh, and so I won't uh, share all the details. And I'll, I'll, I'll let my guests tell you all about it. Uh, we've got a returning guest today, uh, Dr. Natalia Byrus on the show, as well as uh, Dr. Sebastian Garcia Zambrano on the show. Welcome you both. Thank you. So happy to be back. Thanks for having me back, Ben. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And hopefully many more times. I, I was just uh, looking at uh, my ResearchGate uh, notifications and saw another cool article from you on the on the on the pay equity uh, that looks really cool. And I'm going to resist asking about it today so, so we can focus on the main topic, but uh, definitely uh, um, feel like I'm going to be inviting you pretty regularly based on the stuff that you're putting out and, uh, and looking forward to kind of hearing about Sebastian and your work as well. And maybe, maybe we could bring you on sometime to talk about the other stuff you're doing. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. Um, Thank you. Yeah, of course. Of course. So let's get right to it. Um, um, and uh, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna let you folks kind of introduce the topic today. Normally, I, normally that's something I would do, but I think it's it just it just uh, I don't I don't want to butcher it, and and it's it's important that we get the stuff out right. So why don't you tell us just a little bit about uh, kind of why we're doing this special episode, uh, and then from there maybe we can go into some introductions. Well, thank you very much, Ben. Uh, I really appreciate your invitation to express uh, the details of these call for papers. Uh, my name is Sebastian Garcia. I completed my PhD in Sierra Illinois University, and I am currently a behavior analyst supervisor in a clinic in Centerstone, and I am also a professor at SIU. Uh, my research topics are uh, basically I focus on perspective taking, uh, underserved uh, populations, and behavioral interventions for Spanish-speaking uh, clients. Right on, right on. And uh, Natalia? Yeah, so um, hi, everyone. I'm Natalia Byrus. I am a clinical assistant professor and at Southern Illinois University, and I'm also the program director for our online program at Southern Illinois University. So we have a behavior analysis and therapy program um, over at SIU. Hmm. Um, and um, I hold a bunch of different roles in the field. I won't, I won't get into that. Um, or maybe I kind of will a little bit because they kind of relate to like, you know, my research interests. For sure. Um, so I'll talk about my research interest really, really quickly. And um, so I'm interested in um, more broadly, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, um, social justice, um, dismantling systems or contingencies of oppression, you know, like gender based, right, um, discrimination, right, mm -hmm. racism, um, you know, um, anti-ableism, right, All, a lot of these right, systems of oppression. And um, so that's one area. Um, interested in verbal behavior from a relational frame theory perspective, interested in acceptance of commitment uh, therapy um, to promote behavioral and psychological flexibility and well-being. And so those are just some of the areas that I'm interested in. Um, and I hold, I have a lot of, I'm part of quite a few, you know, 
uh, boards where I have a focus like on DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So that's why I kind of hesitated to mention those first, but they relate mm. to, you know, the things I'm interested in. Absolutely. Um, and so I think that's me in a nutshell. And um, we're here to talk about this really cool project that Sebastian and I have been working on that we're so excited about, that we're mm. so passionate about. Um, it's about a special issue that's going to be published in the journal Behavior Analysis and Practice, and it's titled um, Impactful Leaders, Latin American Women in Behavior Analysis. Fantastic. So I understand, uh, Sebastian, that this that sort of the idea for this uh, this 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 special issue kind of came out of some of your work. So maybe you can maybe give me a little history of sort of how how you got to got to got to put this issue together. Yeah, well, it's a it's a long history, by the way. But everything started with a couple of uh, activities in a seminar that we used to have in in the PhD program. Uh, I just wanted to share with my classmates some of the contributions that we were uh, making in Latin America. Uh, and based on that, we, Dr. Shane Koch, who passed away, mm-hmm. and Dr. Baires, we developed a presentation in the WIWA conference, uh, presenting basically the main contributions of significant women in Latin America because they played an important role in the development and establishment of behavior analysis in Latin America. So we just presented a couple of uh, female researchers in Brazil, in Colombia, in Peru, in Argentina. And then that presentation, we tried to shape it into a paper, but of course the length of the paper is not enough. And sometimes you have to uh, leave some persons out of the paper because the length is not enough. Mm. Um, so we were like, okay, what can we do to promote uh, networking? How can we promote dissemination of the work that they are doing? And that's why we were thinking, okay, maybe it's not a paper what we needed. Maybe what we needed is a special issue mm. uh, in an English-speaking journal. Uh, that we can use to disseminate their work and promote uh, their work. Uh, so that's how it started. And then after that, we uh, contact Dr. Amy Autumn, and she really helped us to create the whole plan, uh, working on the details of the process because it requires a lot of effort <laughs> so we had to meet multiple times shaping the idea getting to the objectives the purpose the target and so on and uh well then we submit the whole idea to dr Peterson in the in the journal and uh i have to say that the reception was uh that was great she was very supportive she was like okay let's do it uh she continues like shaping the idea and uh, well, we are here uh, receiving papers for this special issue. And the main goal is to just promote dissemination of, of their work and promote collaboration between networks and, and labs in Latin America and the US and Europe. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I was going to ask if it was kind of hard to sort of, you know, get the, the journal to sort of buy into this, but it sounds like it wasn't. They've been... Uh... I think we've noticed the behavioral analysis and practice in the last few years is 
put a few of these special issues out on some of these important topics. So it's great to see the journals are kind of getting on board with this and that you don't have to sort of go to a specific, you know, behavior analyst, like in social issues, for example, journal and which is a great journal, but it just that the BAP does have a, a more reach, I think. And so that's great that you're able to, it, it, you know, in many ways, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's starting to kind of outpace Jabba as sort of the flagship journal in, in, in our field. And so, um, uh, you know, and especially in terms of kind of who it's getting out to and, and whatnot. And I think in particular, I think it's getting out to, I could be wrong. I don't really have any stats on this, but it, it seems like it, 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 it's it's attractive more to maybe the younger generation of behavior analysts more so than Jabba, if if only because of the you know even the size of the book and the color of the cover and you know and all those sorts of things. I think um, you know they've really done a good job of um, uh, of getting this work out. So it's not just the two of you working on this. It sounds like there's a, there's a few uh, editors um, and. And and uh, and a few languages. I know uh, you you both uh, recorded a, a a lovely uh, Spanish version of this uh, interview for us that we're releasing uh, today as well. Uh, but it's also going to it's also uh, uh, it's not just open to to folks in in English and Spanish. So maybe tell us a little about who the guest editors are and kind of you know uh, maybe a, a little bit about sort of um, uh, you know. The different languages and kind of you know and, and sort of how that sort of plays a role yeah yeah so um i guess as we keep on talking about the special issue i i i think i'd like to highlight that sebastian and i took a lot of time to really think about how we crafted this the call for papers hmm. um we i know like i shared we shared this with you ben that we were it's really intentional in how, you know, the, who we invited to be part of this mm -hmm. and, you know, who this was going to, um, I guess, how accessible, right. It would be, um, because, right. I, I don't know if I said this in, you know, the last time I was on, on your show, but, mm -hmm. you know, just like with any right population, we're not a monolith, you know, Latinos aren't a monolith. Um, we speak a ton of different languages, right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, I mentioned that because our guest editors, right, that, that was some, those were some of the things, right, that we considered. So we have, um, six guest, uh, associate editors and, um, we have, uh, some of them, um, come from Spanish speaking countries in Latin America and others come from Portuguese speaking, you know, countries in Latin America, hmm. um, so in just in alphabetical order, we have um, Dr. Luisa Cañon. Um, she is a behavior analyst. Um, she also does a lot of work in uh, clinical behavior analysis, so ACT. Mm. Um, she's um, a clinical psychologist, and she is originally from Colombia. Mm. Um, so we have her, and we also have um, Dr. Laura Rebecca Morfin, who is in Mexico, uh, Mexico. Um, she does a lot of work uh, down there in, in behavior analysis as well. And we also have Dr. Cayo Miguel. Um, he is based out in California, um, originally from Brazil. And we also have, um, who I know was a recent guest on your show, <laughs> Dr. Tafita Misael, mm. um, who is from Brazil as well. The, uh, I think I first learned about her on Research Day, and I was like, oh my gosh, she's a badass amazing mm -hmm. with all the stuff that she's doing um so you know we we have her um 
joining us. And we also have Dr. Amy Odom, who um, I believe is originally from the States. I don't want to make any assumptions, but, you know, originally from the state, she's currently, I think, in Utah, I want to say, teaching right. at a university over there. Um, and she helped us a lot, you know, crafting our call for papers. Um, she was super instrumental um, in, in the, the beginning process um, of this whole project. Hmm. And then finally, we have Dr. Yanis Padilla um, Dalmau. I think that's how you say her, her last name. And she's from Puerto Rico. Hmm. Um, I think she was living in the States, and but she moved back to the island to help, um, you know, with the disparity of services out there. Um, so she's doing a ton of cool things. You know, she um, last year, I think she started the Puerto Rico Association for Behavior Analysis and they have a conference. So like she's doing a ton of amazing things just like everyone else, you know, on the guest um, associate editors. So those are who... Um, our guest associate editors are. Well, this sounds like six more podcast guests for me. <laughs> <laughs> Super awesome! <laughs> right on. Uh, and I, I, uh, I know from yet yeah, my from my conversation with Tacita, um, uh, something like this is is sorely needed because one of the one of the pieces that came up in our conversation was was how like how surprised I was about the history of behavior analysis in Brazil in terms of the length like in that that they've been doing work since the sixties, just like just like you know most of the folks in the states and yet you know I've heard little tidbits here and there I think there's there's been um you know someone maybe involved in you know maybe ABAI at one point and more the executive I think that was maybe from down there or somewhere um but for the most part you know uh, th this was surprising to me that there was such a long history here and 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 the big reason and and with that you know just a bold huge body of of great work out of there um but most of it's in Portuguese Tacita pointed out that I think five percent of the population in Brazil speaks English you know, which is 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 uh, you know not a lot for you know um, for for you know the kind of work that's being put out. So um, one of the sort of barriers, or one of the reasons we I had her on, and one of the reasons her episode in particular has free CEUs is because there's no. We just want to get the word out that there's good work happening in, in some of these countries and languages folks might not know about. Uh, I know she she put together a a book a book on like um, feminism in Brazil and and behavior analysis, but it's entirely in Portuguese. But I think like so many people would find so much value in that. I tried to put a bit of a call out to in my network to see if I could find some folks to help translate it uh, for her or whatnot, uh, because there's, they don't just don't have the resources for that. So. Point being, you know, uh, uh, a call for papers like this is really important uh, because it, it, it can help uh, kind of get some of that out to the masses. One question I had, you know, so you 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 talked about sort of having, you know, different languages, Portuguese, Spanish, English. Um, uh, is this article, is this, sorry, is this, is this uh, journal going to be entirely in English or how's that going to work? Yeah, the special issue will be published in English. Uh, our listeners, you will notice that we have some uh, marketing products in Spanish, English, and Portuguese. Mm. Uh, but the main, um, the articles should be submitted in English. Mm. Um, we also found a couple of behavior analysts 
who offers some um, hours of work, uh, helping some uh, potential uh, authors to improve their grammar and some of the potential mm. English barrier that we may face when you write in a different language. So if a person doesn't feel comfortable mm. with the paper in English, they can submit it and leave a note and we can find in some way a reviewer who is willing to, in addition to the content of the paper, in some way shape uh, the, the way that the article was written. So uh, we have that option, um, with, with, uh, we think about it. And I think that's one of the benefits. Mm -hmm. So if, um, if a Latino or Latina wants to submit a paper and uh, they don't feel comfortable with English, they can write the paper with the level of English that they have. And if they want to have like an additional review, we can find a person to provide in that way some support and guidance on how to overcome some of those difficulties with the language. Wonderful, wonderful. I know Spanish, you know, and, and I don't know a lot about languages, but just from sort of my, my public school years, you know, Spanish is, you know, relatively close to English compared to sort of other languages. I mean, like I think Spanish and French are kind of close and 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 French and English are kind of close. Uh, but and so, it, 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 you know, I'm, I'm just sort of assuming maybe some Spanish writers might have more luck, um, more, more, maybe more skills in, in, in kind of the translating piece. Is Portuguese quite different, though? Uh, I'm just, just curious. Do you know? Well, it's interesting. Um, I think that Portuguese and Spanish are kind of close. Mm. Um, so, for example, we we had a couple of meetings with, with, with uh, Dr. Tacita and we tried to start like with some Spanish and we were able to have a conversation. We have to speak slower and maybe repeat some sentences, but in some way we are able to understand each other. Mm -hmm. Right on. Uh, okay, so uh, obviously the, 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 the issue title kind of give, gives away some of it, but uh, can, can anyone submit an article to the issue or how's that work? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so anyone can submit to to the special issue. Um, anyone, you know, of any gender identity, of any race, any nationality can submit to the special issue so long as the submission focuses on the contributions of Latin America, Latin American women in behavior analysis. Um, so yeah, it's open up to, to anyone. Well, then, then related to that, because this is going to be kind of my next question is, um, you know, is, is this just like, is this a, a you know, a, like research specific, like what, what sort of articles can folks submit? Well, that's a great question. Before we go to that point, mm. uh, I just wanted to make a brief note. Sure. Um, the purpose of this, uh, one of the purposes of this uh, special issue is mm. that we wanted to promote uh, collaboration between persons who are not part of academia mm. because there are some women who have agencies and programs based on a uh, behavior analysis that they don't typically publish in journals because that's mm. not part of their job yes so uh, they can also submit papers to this uh, special issue and in that way we can promote collaboration between different uh, organizations and labs and so on. 
Are you a BCBA supervisor looking to streamline your practice? Or maybe you're working towards your BCBA and need to find the right supervisor. Homehouse offers tools that make supervision so much more enjoyable for both supervisor and supervisee. For supervisors, they offer easy meeting documentation, competency tracking, monthly verification forms, a built-in supervision curriculum, and so much more. For supervisees, Homehouse has a fieldwork tracker with built-in auditing, monthly verification forms, a curriculum, quizzes, and more. If you're looking for a supervisor, they even have a supervision marketplace where you can connect with BCBAs until you find your perfect match. Kind of like professional dating. For more information, go to whomhouse.com forward slash speak or search whomhouse on Google. Mm, wonderful. So really, uh, there, there's a, a variety of, 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 uh, of articles that could come in. That's awesome. Um, and now we've already kind of touched on this, that uh, the, the call for papers is going to be available in, in the three languages. Um, um, and uh, I guess really the, the last piece is, and I think this is probably the most important for folks uh, considering where we are in, in the calendar, how much time do folks have to submit this? Uh, this episode's coming out today. It's March 17th. Um, um, uh, do, 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 do these have to be in by Monday or do they have a little more time? Um, yeah, the deadline is pretty quick <laughs> um, considering right what the date today. But so um, the deadline is April 1st, 2023. Mm. So in about two weeks. But if people, you know, need more time, they can certainly reach out to Sebastian and I, um, and we're happy to provide, you know, extensions because, you know, I know, you know, some people have already reached out for extensions, you know, data collection, right? Life happens, mm. take longer. So we certainly want to support, right? Um, any submissions that come, come our way, um, you know, and so we can certainly provide extensions if needed. Fabulous. And, um, and so do we start have a, a timeline of maybe of when this issue would come out? Um, yes. Yeah, so when speaking to to Dr. Stephanie Peterson, who's the editor-in-chief of Behavior Analysis and Practice, she told hmm. us that um, usually special issues, they tend to be done a year from when they're basically due. So hmm. Maybe sometime next year, the whole thing should be done. Perfect, perfect. So next spring, we might see that come out. Okay, well then, that gives me that gives me plenty of time to get as many folks uh, as I can from that issue on the podcast <laughs> uh, before then, so that uh, come come April of next year, we have uh, every, everyone's ready to see it. Um, Okay, well, you know, I I, 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 I promised I'd try to sort of keep my questions to a minimum. That's really hard for me, especially in the morning, but I'm, I'm going to try to do my best so that we can make this uh, nice and short and sweet and people can get all the information they need and start writing and start submitting. Anything else that I, that I left out that you, that you folks would want to say? Yeah, I, I just wanted to uh, give a brief description of the type of article that they can submit. Oh, yes, of course. So uh, I will start with the first one. Um, we can have articles who show some um, work based on the dissemination of, of behavior analysis in Latin America. Mm -hmm. So if you are part of a chapter of ABAI in Latin America, you can write up a, a paper describing the actions 
uh, the objectives and the um, procedures that you all are conducting to disseminate behavior analysis in a specific country and a specific region and so on. That may include like data based on how many VCBAs are on each country, how you can improve and increase the number of VCBAs. Since the VCBA is not longer available in some other countries, what are some of the actions that you're um, taking to overcome that issue? Yes. So that's the first type of paper. Okay. Yes, and so we also have um, another type of paper article that can be submitted. Um, our, we call them tutorials. And mm. so um, we have an example and we can certainly share you know, the link to the article. Um, it's Harding and colleagues from 20, uh, 2009. Mm. Um, and in that paper, they, um, they highlighted factors to consider when providing services to the Latin American population. Um, so, right, like tutorials are, you know, papers that can inform on basically how we can maybe be more culturally, right, responsive with our services to um, families from Latin America. So that's one example of an, a tutorial. Another example could be talking about the cultural, ethnic, or, um, you know, those, those different factors that should be considered when providing services to Latin American consumers or how to describe, right, the procedures that we use in behavior analysis to Latin American populations, um, right? There's not only potentially, right, the language, uh, linguistic difference, but also, mm. right, the terms that we use. I mean, I would argue that even using technical terms with English-speaking, right, populations mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. I would consider is more so a no-no, but, you yeah. know, um, so that's an example. And then another example is, um, maybe providing a technical description of maybe a, a, a really cool novel procedure or policy that's being developed, you know, by a Latin American, um, mm. a, a Latina fem uh, behavior analyst. Mm. Um, so those are, you know, kind of like task analyses, sort of, right? Tutorials, right? Of cool. how, you know, um, we could um, tailor, right, the, the things that we do and say. Fantastic. Another type of article that we uh, that people can submit are bibliometric analysis. Mm. Uh, uh, in general, those articles may include analysis of demographic data of Latin American women who participate in behavioral analysis. They can conduct a bibliometric analysis on uh, authors, journals, researchers, presenters, professors, uh, deans. Mm in Latin America, so that's appreciated too. Right on. Yes, and um, we have a couple more. <laughs> so we also yeah. have data <laughs> database papers, right, which as behavior analysts is probably one of our, our favorites, right? Um, so some examples for database papers can include things like novel empirical research um, from Latin American women in the practice of behavior analysis. And so if people do submit a paper, if authors do identify Latin American women, you know, it might be helpful for them to identify themselves as such in like an author's note, you know, just to highlight it, right, make mm. it clear in the submission. Um, another example is behavioral research that's conducted with Latin American participants. Um, another example is maybe conducting a review of the different behavior analytic approaches that are used by Latin American practitioners, right, because I'm sure there's differences, right, with the, the strategies or approaches that we use maybe in the States compared to 
you know, other countries. Um, so that's certainly an example. Um, and to kind of expand a little bit on this one, because I know I mentioned Latin American women, um, we define, and I don't know, I can't remember if this is in the call for papers, but we, but this was a question that we got of how, what do we define or who do we define as Latin American women? Mm. Um, we define it as anyone um, who identifies, right, as a woman um, who comes from a country in Latin America, mm. regardless of the language, right? So they can speak Spanish, they can speak indigenous languages, they can mm. speak, right, Portuguese. Um, um, so it's um, encompasses, right, all the different um, intersection, you know, intersecting, right, identities right. Um, that a Latin American woman would have. Awesome. And, and I presume and you kind of touch on a, an interesting point um, um, around sort of defining people. Uh, and these days that that is that's getting less and less simple, which I think is good. Um, um, uh, it, you know, maybe it's harder for some folks to grasp, but it's important to kind of have these nuanced details. Um, and and something I, I had been thinking about for quite a while, long before, you know, you and I, the three of us wanted to have this conversation uh, was, you know, around the piece around women and people who identify as women. Um, and I do see, you know, groups like, like WIPA, um, uh, and, um, you know, that are, that, you know, seem to be, you know, I haven't been to these conferences myself, but seem to be quite open to, you know, folks that, you know, may, may not identify with sort of the traditional, you know, definition of, of, uh, of woman. Um, and, you know, so this is certainly, I, I, I presume that this, this, this call for papers would also be open to sort of non-binary folks and, and, and the like, and sort of, you know, kind of that gender fluidity piece and whatnot. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Like we mentioned before, right. Authors can be of any gender identity. Right. Um, right. right? We want to highlight, you know, all, the, all these amazing contributions that, you know, this group has been working on outside of the U S which we don't tend, I know for sure. I, I have not learned about as mm -hmm, much, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so like Sebastian mentioned, right, we want to open up these, we want to make these bridges, right, so that we can connect with with, with them and the amazing work that they're doing and support one another. Totally. Is, and is that all the types or was there one more for articles? Yeah, there's one more. Mm. Uh, we have the biographic articles. Um, those articles could be similar to the special section that we used to have in the journal, the behavior analyst. Mm. Um, so in that, in those type of uh, articles, we may describe the contribution of Latin American women uh, in Latin America. Yeah. So uh, basically you can describe their contributions in the development, the establishment, the teaching of behavior analysis in a specific field. Um, the only difference is that for these type of articles, you have to uh, ask Dr. Natalia and myself uh, about the relevance of that specific person and the mm. content of that specific article. Uh, we have some questions that may guide the mm, authors mm. Uh, of, about the type of information that we are more interested in publish uh, in the special issue. So if you have an idea, um, just send us an email. And we will let you know, and we will give you a list of questions that may guide you hmm. in the type of information that we want that we want to get for hmm. the special issue. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, uh, submitting papers and that sort of thing is, is not is not my area, um, and we may also have some listeners that maybe are even like first time submitters and whatnot. I'm wondering, just 
based on the amount of time that's left, I know you're 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 open to extensions and whatnot. Are you looking for folks to submit like complete, you know, documents by March 31st, or 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 just for ideas? What what exactly do you want to get by the deadline? Yeah. So by the deadline, we hope to get the completed paper. You know, mm. um, you know, obviously, if people want, want more time, you know, we can give an extension, and we can certainly speak about the idea. You know, we've had a number of people reach out to us about, mm. hey, I have this idea. Does it align with? The purpose of the special issue so mm. you know um if people have any questions like please feel welcome to reach out um mm. but so yeah we are we're hoping to have the completed papers in by the first of april um mm. and if it's people's first time submitting a paper i know the editorial managers that is what the portal is called and where the papers are submitted i know it could be like okay what the heck is this thing mm, <laughs> you know yeah um so we're happy to help you know people navigate that um because i i can imagine you know it can be a lot mm. um overwhelming at first um so you know we can certainly help with that too absolutely really cool wow this i'm look, looking forward to seeing what you get and seeing what comes out a year from now any last comments on on, on the call for papers before we wrap up No, I just want to say, well, first of all, thank you for this invitation. Mm -hmm. And uh, the main goal for us is to open some doors. Uh, so if you have any questions, uh, feel free to send us an email and we can guide you and we can help you in some way to succeed on this uh, amazing project. Perfect. Perfect. Wonderful. Yeah. And to, to add to that, um, you know, people don't need to have a certain degree right mm. certain letters behind their name to submit a paper um so you know whoever is interested in submitting a paper please please do um and again if there's any questions please feel re feel free to reach out to us um i don't know if right if there's this kind of maybe myth that only people with certain degrees can submit papers or do research sure. that's certainly not the case um and so um you know I think this is a cool opportunity, right, to take advantage of the, to submit a paper and, you know, maybe potentially have it published. And obviously, right, all the papers that we get have to go through the peer review process, right? It's not that all the papers will get um, maybe accepted or mm -hmm. um, even accepted, right, at the on the first draft, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, you know, I guess just um, highlighting that, right? Um, but... Um, I'm, I'm certain that all, right, our guest associate editors, our guest reviewers are, are, they're also super passionate about the purpose of this special issue. And so I'm sure they're more than willing to help, um, right, um, refine, write the papers as needed and, and get, get them published and get, um, all these amazing papers, you know, accessible to more people. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, looking forward to it, and I hope uh, I hope you, you get a lot of submissions. Uh, thanks for coming on to share, and uh, look forward to seeing what comes out of this. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you all.